Welcome to Rhythm and Pixels video game music podcast, a podcast where we talk about video game music. My name is Rob Nichols. I'm Pernell. And we want to wish everyone listening in and on our live stream on Facebook, happy holidays. Happy holidays to all of you. Yes, this is a special present, a gift for everyone, for everyone of our listeners. We're going to do it earlier in the day and not just a Patreon exclusive. We did that. Um, an hour ago. What, what did we play, Pernell? You tell... Hey, disclosure, though. No refunds on this present. This is a one-and-done thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's no, re- there's no like, gift receipt? No gift receipt, no refunds. This is what you got. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Right. But what we played on the live stream, well, we played Enter the Gungeon co-op, which we Rob okay. had never done before, which was an interesting experience for him. And in my case, just trying not to die as I kept up. And then we played uh, Windjammers. Rob was insisting on playing Windjammers. I have I was familiar with the game, but not <laughs> too like I only knew of it from like a social perspective. But I may have played it once or twice and didn't really give it much love or attention. But playing it today, I like it a lot. It's a very fun competitive game. Yes, and it got down to the wire on that when I was cracking knuckles and everything. And the last game we played was Wild Guns Reloaded for the PS4, uh, a spectacular rendition of an arcade classic. Yeah, wow, Rob killed me a lot. Yeah, uh, it was important that I, um, you know, I I didn't trust that you were going to use those lives effectively, so I wanted to just use them up. <laughs> yeah, he he wanted to audit the life usage. <laughs> In the worst way possible. <laughs> but hey, hey, at the end of the day, it was a good time. Yeah. That's what matters. Yeah. Um, all right. So this is going to be the holiday special show. Um, so we're going to have some holiday-themed music, some ice-level themed music, even though all of the snow that we had just melted. And now we're getting rain. <laughs> but you are wearing your um, your holiday-themed sweater. That is true. Yeah, very, uh, very heroic. It was meant to be used in the ugly sweater contest. Yeah. Uh, He's wearing a, a Zelda kind of, it looks like a stitched, but it's a sweatshirt. Yes. It's, yeah. I love this thing. I like, that, a, I like that not all the hearts are filled in. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's been a rather draining season. Yes. So, got to take, got to show the show the tenacity in my, in the, in my attire. Look at this. I'm working hard. <laughs> Burning <laughs> through it. But, uh, yeah, I, I do. Enjoy being around good people when the holiday season kicks in because yeah, definitely. it's like pretty much what the season's all about, really. It really is. It really is. Um, we tend to spend our holidays together. This is true. Which is awesome. Like basically when like both come, we have small families in the sense where it's like some people have those massive get togethers yeah. and, and it's like, yeah. nah, we're, we come from, we keep it small, which means that Rob's like, hey, Pernell, you want to hang out? I'm like, sure. <laughs> and then we eat food and play board games and the like. And I go to my dad's house for a little bit and just eat them out of house and home, and then I go home. Not so bad. It's not so bad, right? It's not. It really isn't. Every once in a while, Dad might give me an interesting shirt or sweater that I'm obligated to wear upon receiving it. Mm -hmm. I can't vouch for the attractiveness of either the shirt or the sweaters, (laughs) but I put them on, and I wear them because I appreciate the gift. Absolutely. Uh, My mother is really big into knitting now, and she knits like hats, and she knits socks, 
and she knits sweaters. So I have a hat that she sent me. I think I, my Facebook profiles me with that hat on. It's pretty, nice. pretty colorful. But the socks that she makes are amazing. They're so good. I will tell you one place where I can't imagine anybody going for Christmas presents, though I'm sure they do because the store exists, and that is Kohl's. Kohl's, <laughs> I, I got, I went there back in October to use a gift card, bought a vegetable strum, I guess a noodleizer, a spiralizer. Yeah, yeah. Then while we were hanging out on the cleanup session, it was like, you don't need this spiralizer. You already have a spiralizer. So I took it back. They gave me 20 bucks in credit, and then 10 what? bucks, they replaced the coupon that I used. But I had to use the coupon money immediately, so I, w- I was spent two hours. This is uh, Purnell's thrift hour. Yeah, I would eat. Well, It'll tell you how to uh, maximize your Kohl's dollars at the... Uh, rule number one, don't be tall. There you go. That's the only rule you need, too, because being tall made that trip miserable. I couldn't get socks. Oh, that's terrible. The socks was the fallback thing. I was like, I can't find anything else. I'll get some socks. Couldn't even get that. Oh, no coats that I could fit. No shirts that I could fit. No pants that I could fit. No hats. No gloves. I could go on. No blankets that I could fit. It was a miserable time. And they had sushi go party for forty dollars because forty dollars. Who's going to spend that much on a sushi go? Wow. Nobody. Okay. All right, I'm getting a little off topic. So pronounce in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> That's right. Don't shop at Kohl's. Merry Christmas. I said no. Well, if you can fit their stuff, you should shop there. Wow. But otherwise, your Christmas spirit was so loud it was just knocking up the uh, the volume meter for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, how about let's, let's get in a good mood here. Let's get in a good spirit. And why don't you play your first track of the day? I'm going to play this track, which I heard from the Muzak section at Coles. And it was, <laughs> I kid, it was not. But um, this is a track that I do enjoy. It may not be Christmassy, but it sure is frosty. And that is from the game New Adventure Island, and it's titled Frozen Beachside, composed by Kenji Sakata. Chili at the frozen beach side from the game New Adventure Island, composed by Kenji Sakata. So, is this very Christmassy? Not so much. Is it rather frosty? There's a dash of cold in there. There's, there's a little, there's a little frost, frostiness to it, but it's definitely more um, kind of bouncy. It's got like a, 
Yeah, you gotta oh. keep warm somehow. It's like um, it's this. It's music that sounds like a practical joke. <laughs> I'm not even sure how I feel. About you know what it. I mean? Like, like sucker. Exactly. That's what. That's what it sounds like. Like, like. Ha-ha. Here, open your present. I hope you like it. It's just cool. Ah, frozen beach side, sucker. <laughs> you hope you like that. Like, I'm just picturing this happening. I might have to do that now. Put it on a little mini recorder and tie the button to like a like a, a button or something to press the button to the lead of a box and just have it start kicking in when they open the box and the disappointment sets in. Oh man, frozen pizza! I hope you like your crap present. I don't care. I, <laughs> I don't care. I like the joke. It's just a good. I don't know. It's like a great track. This game, all of the music, I sure as heck could get on this show at some point in one way, one capacity or another because. It's all lively. It's all even the dread music. Like if you're in like a dark cave or something, it's bouncy. Even like the scary stuff has like kind of a bounce to it. That's interesting. There's no there's no rhythm track to this. There's no like noise channel like doing any kind of like pseudo drums. It's just oh let me tell you, you bring the rhythm with those button presses for hops and lobs <laughs> and skateboardings and just outright frustrations at not <laughs> trying not to die as everything in his grandma is trying to knock you on, on your snowy butt. It's a very great game though. Like one that. I mean, there's been so many Adventure Island games through the years, and when I first bought this, I thought it was a step back from those adventures, because there was no dinosaur riding in this, there was no, like, themed islands, there was just islands, here's another set of stages, another set of stages, and yet, over the years, aside from maybe Adventure Island 2, this is my favorite Adventure Island game that I've played, that includes Super Adventure Island and all that jazz, so. So, is this the one where he's got the skateboard? He has a skateboard in all of them. Okay, good. There was a game in the past that I was like... They have skateboards, right? But it wasn't. I think it was like Bonk or something. Yeah, Bonk gets the meat. Yeah, Bonk, that's right. Bonk it gets the butthead. Bonk gets the meat and a butthead. Yes. And um, Adventure Island, Harry. No, it's Master Higgins. Master Higgins or Wonder Boy, depending on where what, school of dialect you come from. Well, what school did he go to to earn his masters in mm. skateboarding and cave cave management? Big Kahuna U. Big Kahuna U. Yeah. <laughs> what island does this take place on? Honolulu. Machu Picchu in Kuala Adventure. Magara. Adventure Island? No, no, no. Ac- <laughs> action Island, actually. Action, the super Action Island. S- simple misconception. Everyone gets it wrong. Oh, this- I'm not sure why, though. Do you have, um, like, on Christmas like day when you were a kid, you used to, like, you know, try to sneak away and just play video games all day long? <laughs> sneak away? I you just did it anyway? <laughs> there was no sneaking at all. Like, yeah. And for the record, funny enough, th- I actually did get this for Christmas one year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, this was a Christmas present I got. But, oh, uh... My thing was that I had games at home. I would play those. And if my family went to go to my aunt's house, because back in the day we actually had big Christmas dinners, we'd go to my aunt's place. If I could bring a game to play on one of my cousin's systems, I would. Otherwise, I'd just kind of stare off and wait to go home, maybe play with their toys. But once the Game Boy came into the picture, all bets were off. Took Game Boy, played Game Boy yeah, in the basement. Yeah, it was all around, yeah. Played Game Boy at the table until the food came out. <laughs> I yelled at, played Game Boy anyway. Just how it went, man. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna play my first track, uh, Game Boy Tune. So I have a little story. Oh, how coincidental! Do you have a Game Boy track? Yeah, I have a Game Boy track. This one, um, it's a Christmas Game Boy track. This is um, from the Grinch. <laughs> Did he steal Christmas? And this is not the weird Michael Myers. Not Michael Myers. Um, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey Grinch. I almost said John Carrey. <laughs> Honestly, I wish you did. I should have just let you go. I <laughs> just let it go with that. Um, this is The Grinch for the Game Boy. Scene 1, composed by Rie Fukuda. <laughs> Thank you. 
You're listening to Scene 1 from the game The Grinch for the Nintendo Game Boy, composed by Ria Fukuda. So this has definitely got that kind of Christmassy, almost toy box kind of sound to it. Of course, that, that kind of toy box sound lends itself to like the Game Boy sound, right? And to the Grinch himself, yeah. as he is a man who enjoys stealing presents from <laughs> loving, caring, not quite well-behaved children. Yeah. The Who's. The Who, that's right, Whoville. Yeah, that's right. Minor Who's. My, minor Who's. The major Who's are like off on their vacation homes in, in like Florida. But those poor Minor Who's. The Minor Who's got to stay where they are in Whoville. Mm-hmm. Wait, they're they wait, waiting. <laughs> they got to keep like the streets clean. <laughs> and they have, to protect, they have to protect it from the Grinch. Well, he's such a jerk though. So the Grinch actually lives in Florida and comes up during Christmas. And the major Who's go away into Florida. So the Grinch comes up. and I think they've established that the Grinch is a man who loves himself some frosty chocolate milkshakes and a frosty frozen climate. And he has a cute dog. That is true. That poor animal. He suffered so much for the art. (laughs) But putting on to us, the Grinch. So, um, yeah, the Christmas. uh, So when the Game Boy came out, my, my mother really... I had to wait in long, long lines just to get the, for the Game Boy for when it first came out. So it was like really hard to get a hold of. And I just thought, all I was Tetris. And that's all I cared, man. Tetris was awesome. Oh, and, yes. Especially once you learn about the heart mode. And I think this might have been my first console like that I owned. Really? I think so, yeah. And that's so, like you did say back in the day you weren't allowed to have the game consoles at home. No, yeah. We just didn't have a lot of money. So, so this one was great because I was like, oh, wow. And that's not only Nintendo. I can carry it around. So I brought it. Of course, I brought it to my grandmother's on Christmas because we all would go to my grandma's. And my cousin Mikey came over, and we would like link up and play Tetris together. But it was so hard to like hit it at the same time because you would link them together, and then you had to turn them on at the exact same time. But that was part of the fun. You were actually literally in sync with each other. Yeah, it was it was cool. Like um, so yeah, and then like every year we'd like share Game Boy games. I would play, play Mega Man or whatever, and he played my Final Fantasy games. The original handshake. Yes, yeah, the original handshake, back and forth. Mm-hmm. Through that link cable, there was actually a multi-tap link cable. Yeah, it came with F1 Race, but who the, no one was going to actually utilize it because everyone had to own a copy of the same yeah, game. Everyone had. F- I think he had um, uh, Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder too. Yeah, I'm not sure if he used it, but I remember he had that. We were trying to get it to work, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, Days of Thunder was not. The only it? ones I can recall that utilized it were there was probably more. I'm not saying these were the only ones, but uh, was F1 Race and Faceball 2000. Oh, that's right, baseball. That was a later game. Yeah, it came. It didn't. I said it didn't come too far after F one race though. Like it was probably within a year or two, maybe. But it was like it was definitely like a intended like deathmatch sort of game. Yeah. But everyone smiled as they died. It was a very creepy concept when you think about it as an adult. But as a kid, it was festive and fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these crazy smiley faces. Oh, I want to make a correction. This is uh, the Game Boy Color. Not just the Nintendo Game Boy. Really? Yes. Okay. I mean, it's usually the same hardware, but like it kind of gives you a glimpse into like the, the, the period that this came out. Because the Game Boy had a long lifespan. That is true, and it deserved it, too. Even after the, I think, the Game Boy Advance came out, which was the ultimate successor. Because technically, to me, Game Boy Color, Game Boy, they were all the same freaking line. Yeah, um, I mean, you can play Game Boy, original Game Boy games on the Color. Yeah, and, and Color on the original Game Boy. Just as long as it power. wasn't an only four, because there were a few games where they bumped the power up just enough. So I was like, now nah, your old hardware is insufficient now. <laughs> now you got some crap, sort of nice colors, but that are not it's as still, good as Super Game Boy. It still wasn't a lot of colors, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, it was about the system, and the system was a blast and a half. But even after the Game Boy Advance came out, there were still a few more. Game Boy and Game Boy Color games dropping because, let's be honest, those licensed marketers just weren't quite 
able to get away from that. So, but let me think here. Game Boy Color. Do you, can you think of a favorite Game Boy game that you had? Um, yeah, so I played a lot of like the, the nowadays people will call them like, you know, the, the crappy ones, like Castlevania the Adventure. Now, Castlevania and, and Belmont's Revenge were legit. They're so slow, so hard to play, which I never was able to finish. Um, Final Fantasy Adventure, um, Nemesis. And I probably put the most amount of hours into the first um, Zelda, which was the Link. Link's Awakening? Link's Awakening, yeah. Yeah, that was a gem of a game. I never though. remember the name of it. I always want to say Link to the Past or Link to the Link to the Future. <laughs> That's we gotta go back, Zelda. That should have been a Link to the Future game. It's so depressing that it never happened. But yeah, Link to and the that'd Past. That'd be cool, actually. Yeah, I would like that. He needs to go to the future and fight like robotic Ganon or something like Mecha Ganon. No, I think they're just refining what they've got because Breath of the Wild's pretty amazing. I'm that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy who just okay. I, I'll, I want to get into it, but it hasn't happened yet. Even if it's not your bag, like it yeah. will be. It you will. Just, be. You just haven't got it, gotten around to it. There's other things to do. Yeah, like wishing that there were dungeon items like Zelda should have. But that's just me being a jerk face. The, the game itself is actually a very high quality, and I can't knock that. Trust me, Pernell, you are not a jerk face. Except when Zelda Trust me when I tell you that. <laughs> sure, true. All right, what's your second track? Let's see. So going down the line here, I'm going to go with. Uh, another Christmas, uh, Chris Morlick wintry favorite of mine, and that is from the game Earthbound. Track title is Winter's White, the Winter Theme. From, I already said Earthbound, composed by Kichi Suzuki and Hirokazu Tanaka. For the game Earthbound, from Earthbound. Are you feeling earthy yet? <laughs> Are you feeling earthy. a little bound for Earth? <laughs> you should be. Let's make it happen. White from the game Earthbound, composed by Keiichi Suzuki and Hirokazu Tanaka. And unfortunately, there was neither moshing nor bubble monkey attributed to this track. <laughs> I think people on the stream want us to see us like dance more. I would do that, but I don't think I picked a single track that I could dance to. Like, 
<laughs> the last one, the New Adventure Island, is totally danceable. I could have thrown down. This one is more like. This is more like reflective contemplation. Like, I like winter. I'm it's too, so good. I'm too busy managing the volume on Purnell's audio track. <laughs> I make it I, I gotta I make Rob work. He puts in the work because I'm a vocal apocalypse. I'm an audio apocalypse. Now, this, so far, I think this is one of my this is my favorite track of the of the episode so far. So I feel like it's just it's really it's really well composed. I love that rhythm to it. It's got kind of a cool like that the um uh, uh, the snare roll. It yes. sounds great. It's really crisp. Yeah, I feel like this track is probably the closest I've come to my choices, aside from maybe the bonus, to being a track that could be literally not just wintry, but Christmassy. Yeah, it does have a Christmassy kind of sound to it. I think it's, well, I mean, obviously it's got the, uh, the, the, the the jingle, the sled, sled bells, sleigh bells, sleigh bells. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sleigh bells. Sleigh bells. Slay- There's there. your metal. There's your metal right there. <laughs> well, Henrik just it made an interesting prom concept descriptive of a guy dying on the floor, like blood everywhere. It's like, where do you go? He was he, he became, he fell victim to the sleigh bells. So Earthbound is like one of your favorite games, right? Oh, heavens, yes. Like, it comes up a lot in like game threads and such, how quote unquote overrated it is or whatever. I mean, a and, lot of people do like to talk about it. People, yeah. P- people talk per now. But the thing about it is, like, everyone's, everyone, I, I'm the type of guy where it's like everybody can believe what they want because we all feel differently about different games. But when it comes to the concept of stating of overation, this game does not fit that bill at all. It came out to a thud. <laughs> Most people didn't even give it a chance. It, wow. It bargain bend almost immediately. Um and even when you look at it on it now, people are like, well, the gameplay is archaic, when the reality of it was, it was not aping on, but it was kind of playing homage to the classic, like, Dragon Warrior style yeah, yeah, of gameplay, which people loved back then, even if it didn't meet the SNES, you know, level of standards. But, yeah, do you think maybe it became more popular in the future because um, uh, the people who were playing the game at the time, like, at the kid, like a kid's age, didn't get into it? And then now that we're older, we're picking it up again and, and maybe appreciating it for what it is. That's a large part of it. Yeah. The, a lot of the boom came in because in 98 or so, I may be wrong, it could be 99 because I don't remember when it came up, but Smash Brothers for the N64 came out. And Ness, the main character of Earthbound, was an unlockable character in the game. So for many people, that was their first exposure to the concept of Earthbound. Like, who's this kid with a baseball cap, and why is he so good in this game? Oh, he's from an RPG that I ignored at back of the day? I should look into it now. <laughs> so people may have went back and played it, and now that they're well beyond the SNES years and like trying to judge it on how innovative it is, now it's just how cool is the game itself? Because now it's a retro game. Yeah, yeah. Now it's got to now it's got to stand up on just its own its own it, merits, not just on being like the new cool technology. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and more true. people are seeing it and going, "This game is actually pretty cool. It's, it's funny. It's got some wit to it. It's, it's no creative. Bat- it's no Battletoads. But well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll play it for a little while. Yeah, I mean, right. we can't all be fecal waste. I mean, let's be <laughs> honest here. Battletoads is its own. Ouch. <laughs> I hate Battletoads so much. Uh, speaking of Battletoads, let me play my Christmas Battletoads track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, you're not joking. You probably do have one. No, I'm going to play... Um, this is from our episode with the one-ups where we did games from movies. Mm-hmm. So I picked from a classic Christmas movie, Die Hard. Ooh, Die Hardest? Die Hard with Bruce Killis. <laughs> now you're just making that yeah, up. Right. You know more about that movie than I do. So this, this is a Die Hard for the Nintendo Entertainment System. This is the title theme. Composed by Junichi Saito.
This is title theme from the game Die Hard for the Nintendo Entertainment System, composed by Junichi Saito. And yeah, this has got, I mean, it's not just using like an arpeggio effect like some of the Western composers would use to like uh, emulate chords. This thing has just got arpeggios all over the track. Yeah, this is legit. Like yeah. I, I'm sitting there like doing some response back and forth on the stream and the whole time I'm like, respond, but don't bop too hard because your <laughs> fingers are really tight, too big for the thing. But this is an awesome tune. And I was definitely getting my shakes on to it. <laughs> Brunel's got the shakes. <laughs> it is funny. Rob brought up the <laughs> Die idea of Kid. Die Hard being a Christmassy film because yeah. of the. That t- just takes takes place over Christmas, so like that's close enough, right? Yeah, and I heard I've heard a lot of people make that argument. Like it is. Yeah. I'm like I never wondered one way or the other. I just was like it's Die Hard. I like it. Yeah, but it's then, Die Hard. I like Alan Rickman. He's great. But one of our listeners commented that apparently the best Christmas movie is a film called Treevenge. I need to see this film by virtue of the name alone. It's like Mother Nature got really upset around the holidays and decided no more. No what, more what hacking after? us down for your festive holiday what celebrations. After everybody? You won't be dropping my tree children down anymore. That's Don't great. Me, you damn. But did you did you watch movies like over Christmas? Eh, not so much. Like it wasn't like a thing in your house? Not so much there. Like in my house, it was more like everybody go to your own room and live your own life. Oh, wow. <laughs> and in my case, it was I played the video games. My dad was either out somewhere or at work. Like watching football or something? Or yeah, yeah, football was a big thing there. And my brother would watch football with him. And uh, my mom was just up. watching her own TV shows. But movies, fun fact, as everyone probably knows who listens to the show, though, in general, like, I don't see a lot of films. Yeah. It just came was revealed to my friend circle that I've never seen any of the National Lampoon movies. I've never the only Christmassy oh, film fun. I have seen aside from the generic like Frosties and Rudolphs that aired on like CBS on the holidays was Gremlins. So I was like, eh, Yo, close I, enough. There you go. I've never seen Gremlins. Oh, they're such good movies. Yeah, Gremlins yeah, one and two. Like I heard two, two. I heard two is pretty crazy. Two isn't. Like they just did everything in that one. I'm thinking this from a looking back on it perspective. Two wasn't as good as the first one, but I enjoyed them both when I saw them mm. initially. So yeah. that to me at least is enough to say they're both great movies. We used to watch um, every year. It was it was a Christmas Carol, but it was like the 19. It was it was. It was it was a TV special from like the 1980s that we had recorded. I can't remember who was in it at the moment, but it was a, it was a musical, and it was great. Like every year, we actually put it on um, about four or five years ago um, with my grandmother when she was um, moved to the retirement home nearby, and we all watched Christmas Carol together. I was so into that, um, and just watching it again really brings back all those memories. Uh, really, I mean, honestly, that's one thing about films in general is like you can. Kind of like how video games are, I guess, in that way, too. You can bring up a good film or movie or video game or TV show, even. And as long as it has a memory attached to it, yeah. that memory comes flooding back. There's a There are cases where I'll play a game or watch a show more for the memories associated with it than the actual film or game itself. And I love that so much. I love that that's how our minds work. Now, our last two classic tracks share a common theme. Unexpectedly, no less, <laughs> but we'll lead into that you as know, we choose them. It was bound to happen. <laughs> it was bound to happen. The more the more ice, snowy holiday shows we have, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, because these are getting much tougher to do. It's going to be interesting when we do like holiday three. Like, hmm, I think we've snowed out every, just every <laughs> snow level in existence. But um, for this track, I went with the game Snow Brothers. The stage title is just stage four. And it's the Genesis version of that track, composed by Osamu Ota.
Welcome back. I think <laughs> maybe you should be welcome. You're well, welcome. No, here. we're back. We're here. Oh, phew. what a relief. I thought we were gone. <laughs> <laughs> the track you are jamming out to is the Genesis variation of Stage 4 from the game Snow Brothers, composed by Osamu Ota. So, fun fact about the Snow Brothers. I Snow know Bros. A, yeah, Snow Bros for life. Um, I am very... I, was, I know of the game, but barely did anything with it. But up until the upcoming release of this episode, I finally gave time to look into it and see what it was all about within the last week or so. And... It's basically rolling snowballs down hills and crushing guys after freezing them and encasing them in snowy balls. Yeah, it's like, it's a little crazy. They, they look insane. They look like their faces are huge. The funny thing, though, is that I came across a Neo Geo game whose name is currently eluding me that is pretty much identical to this, with the only difference being instead of snow, it's fire. <laughs> instead of, you know, icy snow monsters, you're dealing with the undead in a graveyard. That sounds way better, honestly. <laughs> it did, but it's so odd. Like, at least this yeah. makes systematically. You cover them in snow, you form a ball, and you roll it. Yeah. And the other game, you encase them in a fireball and fire, and then you roll the fire. Like, why does that even... Who thought that that was the natural progression? They're like, okay, people love our game, Snow Brothers. Where can we go with this? Well, dead people are in, so let's just <laughs> make a game about dead people. You know, most but of you the- have to be half dead. You're like a... Grave man, a that's, grave digger. That's where they got to it. They were like, well, well what do our players want? Well, for some reason, 80% of our players have all died. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, that's... No! Snow Brothers will kill you. That, that is a very... Well, clearly, that's a movie in and of itself. Another, <laughs> if you die in the game, you die for real. Yeah. <laughs> Snow Brothers. <laughs> Snow Brothers. Snow Brothers is hardcore. <laughs> but I got to... I just... I didn't get that at all. Like there are a lot of bizarre gameplay concepts that are game concepts that exist out there in the market. I almost want to do an episode themed solely around like the music has isn't even a part of the theme. The theme is mm. games with ridiculous concepts of play, and then we just choose music from them. But, That's a great idea. Like like just ridiculous themed games. Yeah, like that one PlayStation game where you're a mosquito. Yeah, Mr. Mosquitoes. Like you're assaulting <laughs> a family. Like I don't know. Someone said just like you know I really would love to do. Be a mosquito in a game and I just harass you. I think it's humans. a funny idea. <laughs> oh, well, don't get me wrong. It's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. It's just ridiculous that someone said, I want to make a game where I'm a mosquito and I'm sucking blood from people <laughs> just like me. <laughs> just like I do. And at I'm the same the time, a dramatic family plot unfolds while the mosquitoes biting people. Does it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so corny. I love that. I love that idea. Um, that reminds me of, um, I don't know why for some reason that game always reminds me of Incredible Crisis. Because like you play as the family and they're all doing like it's all mini games, but like everyone's got their own little weird story. I love how I, that game came to mind to me at the same time when we were talking about this idea, and I wanted to play Etsuko's Pig, the Etsuko Pig theme, but it's not, it's not appropriate for this episode. But <laughs> I think we even played it on the show before. But if we didn't, there's well, gonna be Incredible an Crisis. That specific track, the Etsuko, is like uh like a funky jazz, it's like a funky beat. Dedicated to a character named Etsuko. It's like the mom. Oh, no, she's no, like no. sticking into a bank or something. Oh, that's right. No, no. I only played the um the I we played. I think it was in the dance music episode where I played the uh, the dancing the dancing stage for like the main the main uh, the father. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's at work and everyone has to exercise, and so they played like the, the funky dance music. <laughs> that's like God. I want to play more jam. of that game. All right. So the Genesis sound of Snow Brothers is pretty good. It's the better one. It's way better than the NES version. That is true. But this, I don't know. Let's put it up against the arcade version. 
right, let's now see this, what's this is my favorite track from this game. I think it's amazing. This is Stage 5. And it's actually titled um, Do Sukoi Snow. Do Sukoi. Stage 5. Sign me up. <laughs> from Snow Brothers in the arcade. Again, compo- composed by Osamu Ota. This is Stage 5, The Sukoi Snow, from the game Snow Brothers for the arcade, composed by Osamu Ota. And yeah, I love I love it's it's, it's more themed. It doesn't it's not just like a fast like action game track. It sounds like like they were trying to do something um, different, you know? And in the way the um uh, each of those sounds like kind of like harmonize with each other, it's it just it sounds so cool. And it's, it's I know it's repetitive, but I think it's got a really neat sound. And I like the arcade version of this because I like the the sound that's coming out of that hardware. So I, so now Pernell's trying to decide how much better it is than the track he just picked from Snow. I've already <laughs> decided how much better it is than the track I just picked. It was such a fleeting thought that it just passed right by because the Genesis version is the better tune, both in stage being stage four and also the sound. Because Genesis man. Genesis does what arcade don't. <laughs> Dare someone to put that to the test. Don't actually put that to the test. Oh, interesting. All right, so Dosukoi is a chant. It's a uh, it's a sumo wrestler's chant. What? It makes sense, I guess. I mean, yeah. it's related to Snow Brothers because... Uh, Dosukoi, Dosukoi Kenkyo ni Daitan. So it's like a, a chant to like pump themselves up. I think that's pretty cool. So in this one, maybe like... Oh, oh wait. More, what? Wait, I have to bring this up. This is interesting. Okay, what's up? So, so for someone in our Facebook chat, Christopher Shinstrom just said, "I still wonder what will happen first: Rob playing every song from Rystar or Pernell playing at least one song from every Persona game." Oh, the Persona music is so good, though. It is, yeah. though. But that has me wondering now. Like, I don't think there's many Rystar tracks left for you to pick. Period. No, there's not many, and I think we have played from every Persona game. No, we. I don't think we did because. I may have done one from Innocent Sin, but I don't think I ever did one from Eternal Punishment of Persona 2. You did one from Persona 3, but what? it doesn't count based on Eternal his... Eternal Punishment? You mean this podcast? 
<laughs> oh my god! I just realized this is purgatory. Oh crap! <laughs> no, 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 no. But like you picked Persona Three, but yes, for the scope of what baby, Christopher's baby, saying, baby, it doesn't baby. count. Like if for for the fit in the way he's suggesting, I have to pick a track from that game. Oh, I so see. I now I gotta look. I'm going. We're going to do, we're going to deduce this. We're gonna we're gonna take a deep dive into Persona Land. <laughs> um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, play a lot of Rystar music. Yeah, because that's uh, your jam. That's my, I love Rystar that, music. That, that's, that's your one-armed man. Every, every track from Rystar is the one-armed man collective. Uh, all right, I'm going to bring this track down because now I think it's time. I think it's time we get into the part of the show that Pernell and I like to call the bonus round. Bonus <laughs> round. It's going to look cold in here. I kept the windows open. It's a little bit chilly there. The bonus rounds the part of the show where we play covers and remixes based on our theme. So, um, Pernell, what did you find for the show? So, I did my usual bit where I'm like, I want a track that's a specific style, and if I find it, I'm going to go with it as long as it doesn't sound bad. And what do you know? <laughs> Boom, I came across it. So, on this not snowy, actually rainy winter day. Yeah, very warm and rainy day. I chose a track from... Super Mario 64, titled Cool Cool Mountain. This is the Christmas metal rendition of it. Ooh. Track is originally composed by Koji Kondo, but in this instance, it's got a little bit of a shakedown session from the man Metal Legend 64. So let's hear it. Let's give it a spin. Spin cycle. Spinorama.
<laughs> he had to do it. <laughs> Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays or Tip Top Tech or uh, everything under the sun, oh. all of them are which are awesome. Yeah. You are listening to or just listen to the Cool Cool Mountain Christmas Metal Rendition done by Metal Legend 64 for Super Mario 64. And man, that track is legit. I was a big fan. Yeah, big I was, fan. I, I do. I love the uh, the heavy metal with the with the uh, the Christmas bells. And it's kind of funny. This <laughs> I felt this felt so appropriate to post. Aside from the fact that I just really wanted to get on the show, but a couple of days ago, um, basically a good friend of ours, um, Cameron Chiles, posted a video that he found online. <laughs> Some guy. I assume it was the DC Metro live, but. He decided. He, I'm sure you've been on the DC Metro where like the, they have the escalators that lead out of the train. And they're usually pretty steep. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And they have like these circular dials installed with the intent of keeping people from sliding <laughs> down them. Yeah, and this yeah. fool decides he wants to do it anyway. And someone did it to the Mario 64 Super Slide theme. <laughs> and um, he basically slams in one of those. And he just like kind of rockets off the side. <laughs> That's amazing. It is so good. Oh my god! I've I've seen those um, in London, like going into the um, into the subway there. And there's like they're really like some of the stations are super super long escalators. And there's there's the uh, um, uh, uh, the stoppers are, are there for like um, advertisements and stuff. But like you can just imagine sliding down that thing. I've but, always like, wanted it's so to. Steep, yeah, yeah. But like you can see why. Yeah. <laughs> that guy was launched. Yeah, I would love like whoa. <laughs> It'd be an amazing thing to try if, I, if my health insurance was paid up. But just let it go. So um, for my bonus round track, I'm not picking a, a Christmassy song, but more of like a, 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 a jazzy, a jazzy version of a song that kind of get you in the mood. This is from Final Fantasy VIII, titled The Promise, and this is from the J Music Ensemble, which we haven't had since like the Sky Music episode, um, from Pat Bart Music, the J Music Ensemble. I hope you enjoy it.
That is a good. <laughs> yeah, this is really good. Um, so you just listened to the promise from Final Fantasy thirteen, not eight. <laughs> the promise from Final Fantasy thirteen from the J Music Ensemble, um, arranged by Pat Bart of Pat Bart Music. And I I've loved everything I've heard of this so far. This was a, a live version. I'm not sure where they performed it, but um, it's great. I mean, it was recorded really really well. Didn't have to do a whole lot to really. You know, bring out the um, like the symbols and stuff. You make me want to go back and give see if there's this guy did any other tracks from Thirteen because people may some people may like the game and a lot of people may dislike mm-hmm. the game. But one thing that I feel is it should be a pretty universal like is the music that was chosen and composed for Final Fantasy Thirteen. Oh, absolutely. Um, I really I still haven't gotten around to playing it, but I've heard a lot of the music and it's so good. The game is interesting in the sense that for Wait, Final getting it mixed up with. 13 yes. is the one that came out on PS3. It was okay. the first PS3 one. Right. That's why I never played it. Yeah. It, like, it's surprisingly, it's the, probably the easiest one to get through, in my opinion, because one of the things that people hated about it is what makes it a quick play, which is that it's insanely linear. Mm-hmm. It's all, most of the dungeons are corridors. Like, just run straight. Oh, story sequence. Fight a guy. There's yeah. a boss. New storyline. Guess where they're going? Corridors. That's right. Well, that's a shame. I just, part of what I loved about like Final Fantasy X was all of the exploration. You know, It was a very linear game. It, it took you through very specific areas. Like, every, like you, know, you had to go through this area, then this area, then this area. But I loved the, the exploration of these huge um, places. Yeah, it was like they basically said, hey, you saw what we did in Final Fantasy X? <laughs> Let's streamline it even more yeah. than that. And again, well, like... Final Fantasy has always been about um, the linear story, but having a very strong story. Yes, it's true. And when it doesn't, it's like, you feel kind of let down. And that was the other issue, at least I can't speak for everybody, but that thirteen had was that they composed this large, intricate plot, but much of it involved lore for a world that you weren't familiar with coming in to the point where you needed a glossary oh, no. to reference stuff. And they use a bunch of cornball words like lassie and facile and like. Uh, so like not even like, it's, it's just even hard to remember because they're crazy names that you wouldn't know. Exactly. Even yeah. now, if you say, hey, Perna, what was the plot of 13? I'm going to go crystal people fight against fate <laughs> to not become crystal people. They punch God three times because that's how many times you fight him. And, right. and, and that's they cool. me what this game was after listening to it from you. I'd be like, crystal light fought Kool-Aid man. And that's, you'd be still accurate. Not close enough. You'd be pretty on point. Uh, for more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to their artists, uh, like bios, band camps, sound clouds, and YouTube pages, everywhere where you can um, get the music, listen to their music, and support the artists. Okay, thank you for joining us um, on the podcast and on our Facebook live stream for 11-7 of Rhythm and Pixels, our holiday special. Festive! Festive time. I just threw a word out there. I just felt like saying festive. 
I don't know. I like festive. I don't know, I like the holidays. I'm weird about that. I have issues with the holidays, and yet at the same time, I like what the holidays can represent when you're not obsessed with shopping. Like yes, because like the holidays can make you feel. I mean, they they have such power. You can feel alone and isolated, or you can feel welcome and comforted in the spirit of friendship and family. Well, at any time that there is a huge celebration that everyone a very large majority of people are celebrating at the same time there's always going to be a lot of people who are going to feel more depressed because they don't share some of those same feelings this is but i think you have to you know you don't have to have those same feelings or you can have your own good time without having the same experience as everybody else that is so very true and it's all about what you make of the situation. Yes. So life may not be what it was, or in some cases it may not even be what you want. But the fact that you are here and the spirit of the season is prevalent means that it can be made into something that you can appreciate and enjoy. The tools are all out there. This is pretty much like the message of the day right here, <laughs> the closer of the show. But it really is that kind of holiday season, which is why, like, like I guess I have like I have my issues with it. But I also think it's one of the best period times of the year because I mean, think about it also it's like that time of year where like someone's like, hey, donate to charity. You should donate to charity. Any other time of the year, people are like, I'm holding my wallet. Yeah, you can't yeah, yeah. have my money. That's a scam. Yeah, else in the everyone's sun. encouraged to be uh, more generous. Yeah, and they act on it. Like, suddenly with Christmas in the time, it's like, please help the poor and homeless. Oh, you better believe it. How much you want? I got money. You know, like, it's just, uh, it does something to people in a very positive way that cannot be disparaged. It's just glorious, I think. And that's, to me, is what... That's what Christmas is to you? That's what makes Christmas special. Yeah. Yeah, I always feel it's it's time with family, and and, and that doesn't doesn't necessarily mean like um, like your actual relatives. It could be whoever whoever you find special in your life. Here, here to that friend. Um, so, if you want to contact us um, about the show, go to rhythm and go. Ugh. That's like what. If you would like to contact us, please contact us by email at rhythmandpixels uh, at hotmail <laughs> Look, you you. Live. We just... are having a hard time with this. <laughs> um, and if you would like more information about the show and a full track listing for every episode, please go to the website, rhythmandpixels.com. If you'd like to get in contact with us over um, Facebook, over Twitter, over any of the social media channels, um, just search Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Um, and if you, if you like the show and you, you like listening to it and you maybe you feel generous and you want to help us out, go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. Um, we have lots of bonuses there for, um, for subscribers. We do this live recording once a month just for Patreon subscribers. And we also have um, mixtapes of every new episode that's coming out of just the, just the music um, mixes on, for Patreon subscribers as well. And um, today, actually, we did a special uh, live stream of us playing some silly uh, PS4 games. We're hoping to try to work the kinks out of the system and make it something that we can kind of do here and there because it definitely had an interesting appeal to it because I can't speak for Rob, but I was in it to win it. Yeah, he was definitely in it to win it. <laughs> I was in it to win it. But you can get more information on that at uh, patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. And we want to thank our Patreon subscribers. We want to thank Alex the Messenger. Thank you. Matthew McDowell. Yeah. We want to thank our new Patreon subscriber, Carlos. Carlos, you're the man. Thanks, thank you Carlos. So much. Uh, Morton Gangso. Enric Anderson, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. 
or today. Uh, Chris Murray, mm-hmm. Michael Bridgewater of the Forever Sound Version podcast, an excellent podcast, which you should listen to. Yes, you should. And Brian Pitt, thank you all so much. Um, all of the bonuses that we described are for all levels, so you can really just donate however you like. You know, we're not asking for much; just whatever you want to do. And all of uh, all the special stuff we're doing for Patreon is yours. I will also say if you're not giving in the in that sense, but you want to give in the idea sense, we are still taking suggestions for the games that we should try to knock out in 2018 list. I'm more pushing for it, but time is a crunch. Rob is interested, but he loves DDR, so we'll have to see how it goes. <laughs> but the point is, we probably will want some games in general so we can even work out the list if it's even something we can do. Yeah. So drop some suggestions. Let us know which game, either games we may already own or games that you just think are must-plays across the spectrum yeah. of gaming. Maybe not just what was your game of 2017 that you enjoyed so much, but maybe just a game that you want to share with us that I should get into because I don't play a lot. So if it's if it's exper- if it's especially if it's an experience that meant a lot to you, I'd like to try that out as well. I kind of like the fact that we have that weird dynamic too. So it's like I'm the game guru, but I'm very loose with music or video yeah, music and video and movies. And in your case, you're like the music guru and you've seen more movies than I have, but you're loose in the video game spectrum. No, but I'm interested. No, well, we're both interested. <laughs> but, but, I am, but I am. But I'm just saying. But I am interested. So maybe as I have more time. But like, I got a lot of goals for this coming year. So you're here to that, man. All right. Well, um, this has been the Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast Holiday Special. My name is Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell. Thank you, and have a wonderful week. Have a safe holiday and a very happy new year. And remember, though I kind of already said it earlier, just to reiterate for the scope of the way the show flows, <laughs> I mean, holidays mean different things to different people, and whether you have that special someone to share it with or magic large family component to share it with, that doesn't mean the holiday has to not be something that you can enjoy and appreciate. The holiday is what you make of it. Go to your friends. Go help somebody in need. Help some bodies in need. Put your feet up. Have some cocoa. Watch a movie. Hopefully good. And all, for the most part, just make the holiday something that allows you to feel relaxed. And don't let things bring it down. Make it something that's yours and yours alone, if it has to be. Just make it fun. Thank you.